0: Hi, everyone. It's Kino here. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Yoga Inspiration Show. I hope these talks give you a little bit of inspiration to keep practicing and make your world a better place. Yoga is more than just a physical practice, it's a lifelong spiritual journey, and we constantly need sustenance to help us stay on the path. So I hope you find that sustenance right here. And I look forward to seeing you on the mat. So we were sitting today for over 30 minutes. For those of you who are interested to know how long the sitting practice was going on for, there were more moments of silence this week than last week. And I know those moments of silence can be highly problematic because you don't know if it's one minute of silence or one hour of silence. The time starts to be fungible and malleable and the sense of time when you don't have a clock in front of you and when the senses are drawn into the inner world starts to be A little bit different than our normal interactions. And this is so important because mind is often distracted and slowed down by our busyness in our everyday life. So when we close the eyes and direct the attention purely into the inner world, we get to experience kind of the reality and the rapidity of our own thoughts. In one minute, the gyrations of the mind and what we're thinking and how distracted we get can be almost kind of like a mini revolution inside of the mind. So it can be very, very scary to sit there in the silence. So I just wanna take a moment and acknowledge that there was more silence this week than there was last week. So congratulations on surviving the silence. Sometimes, again, it can really feel like, even just a minute can feel like, has it been an hour? or it's really just some 60 seconds that's gone by. You should know that eventually, the meditation practice, long periods of silence are what is needed for you to truly train your own mind. So this is something to bear in mind, that when you're working with your own quality Mm of mind, it is in the silence that you become to know yourself truly, and it is in the silence that you fight out kind of your own battles between the thinking mind and the present moment, between our proclivities towards ruminating on the past or projecting in the future or arriving kind of fully in the present. And it's very useful to take support from a guided meditation. It's like it's useful to take support in a you know guided yoga practice. And then once in a while, it's useful to experience just exactly what you do in the moments of silence. So I see there are some questions in the chat. Let me take a look at them. Aliona, hi Aliona, thank you for asking your question. Aliona writes, does it matter how to breathe? Inhale, exhale through the nose or inhale through the na- nose and exhale through the mouth, barely opened. Well, usually we say that the lips should be gently sealed during the meditation practice. So the a couple of reasons for that is Sometimes when you have the mouth exhalation, there's a slight control that's coming to the breath. So a really good relaxation pranayama technique or breathing technique is to breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. Like that. So if that's going on, we want to sort of avoid that. And then in the meditation practice, just let your lips be sealed. And then however the breath comes in and out, you just let it come in and out. So sometimes the breath may be very deep and rhythmic, like, so for example, if you've just gone for a long walk, or if you're doing your meditation after your yoga practice, your breathing might be very deep. But if you're doing your meditation first thing in the morning or last thing in the evening, your breath may be very shallow, barely there, so that you couldn't hear it if you were not being really aware of the breath. That's fine too. So there's no particular way that you should breathe during meditation. You simply breathe however it is that you breathe and then observe that. But keep the lips sealed. And that's important because it's we want to keep our attention focused inside the nostrils and along the upper lip. So if you open your mouth, you won't feel the breath out. So we want to be sure that you can feel on this area of attention the breath in and the breath out. mm mm-hmm. I hope that was helpful. Sophie. Hi, Sophie. Oh, Sophie has just written a comment. She said that her mind was very distracted, but the silence was helpful for that. Wonderful. Then Laura is asking, is our experience in Shavasana at the end of practice a kind of meditation? Very good question. And Laura also says that she enjoyed the moments of silence to put into practice the technique. Very good. That's wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. So. When you're in the final relaxation, you have a couple of different options of what you can do. First, you can just lie there and just release the mind because you have done a deep yoga practice. And sometimes you can lie there at the end of your yoga practice in a thoughtless, wordless state, a unity, you could say, with all that is. And when that happens, just let that happen. Let there be kind of this vast, open expansion of consciousness where there are no thoughts, and there seems to be sort of a transcendent openness. Now, if you come to your end of your yoga practice and you don't feel that, there are a lot of thoughts and there are a lot of emotions. A lot of emotions are present. Some yoga is emotional. You know, you finish your yoga practice and you're like, oh, I feel so much emotion. The practice can stir up these emotions. In that case, I definitely recommend that you bring your attention to your breath and train in equanimity while giving the body rest. There are some other additional things that can be done during the final relaxation, during Shavasana. You could also do a conscious body release and relaxation practice. And this is similar to Yoga Nidra. So these things can be done. However, I don't think you should assign yourself a task. When you get to the end of your practice, lie down. And if you feel you can just rest, then just rest. But remember, on those days, if you feel, oh, the mind is very busy and there are a lot of emotions, remember, oh, I can do lying down meditation to help the mind remain equanimous. So this can be a very useful endeavor. So there is a common question that Jen is asking, which is, so Jen says, hi, Jen. Jen says, I struggle while with falling asleep during a guided meditation. Any tips on staying awake? So... Jen, this is super common. There are a lot of things, uh, a lot of people that fall asleep during meditation. And I would imagine that many of your fellow meditators here have fallen asleep today a little bit. So there are a couple of things that go on. First, you have to ask yourself, am I tired? So if you're genuinely tired, you won't be able to fight that out during meditation because meditation will help you fall asleep. So you have to ask yourself, am I living a life that's making me tired? And sometimes we work a lot or have a small child and are just not sleeping a lot, or we've gone through a long travel or in a stressful period of our life. And then that's okay. You can use your meditation to help you get some rest. However, second option, and this, this happened to me many times as well, that your mind is associating a thoughtless moment with the moment before you fall asleep. So you have to practice extending thoughtlessness. And there are a couple of sort of tricks that you can do when that feeling of tiredness overwhelms you. And you'll know that it's the second option if something like this happens. You have lots of energy in your day. Woohoo! I'm going around. I do this, I do that. I want to clean the closet. I want to organize my books. And then it's time to meditate. You come to meditate and then immediately you fall asleep. And then meditation is over. Then you get up and you're like, ah, I feel so energized. Now I'm going to clean my friend's closet and organize their books and wash the car. And then you again meditate. The moment you meditate, sleeping. If it's like that, this is a quality of mind that you have to sort of really, really work with. And it's this quality of mind that it's not necessarily considered a weakness of the mind, but it's a common obstacle along the the spiritual path. And it's considered to be associated with weakness or dullness of the mind. All right. So I've had this as well myself, and there are some things that you do. You can open your eyes for a moment, take in the light. When you feel yourself, oh, I'm getting sleepy, sleepy, open your eyes, look around, take the light in, close again if it happens again, open the eyes, close the eyes again. Second, and this isn't going to be pleasurable, you sit in a slightly uncomfortable position so that you will generate a little bit of pain. And I know this sounds quite bad, but that pain will keep you awake. So if you make it, you know, you have to sit in a way that very quickly, there's going to be some, like I have a, I have a situation where if I sit on too many cushions, like my body thinks it's Netflix time and then I just slowly start to drift off. So if I sit on a thin, flat cushion, I have just enough discomfort to kind of keep me awake. So I usually sit on a, like a, a, a small, flat cushion because if, I get, if, I, if it's too comfy for me, I start to fall asleep. So you could try that. But recognize this is a quality of mind and we need a tool. So opening the eyes, letting that in. Even if opening the eyes, letting that in, and the the, the slightly uncomfortable or painful sitting position doesn't help, third thing you can do the moment you feel yourself drifting off, stand up. Just fully stand up for a moment, open your eyes, sit back down, close the eyes, continue. And so you'll work with that quality. And as you become more intimate with the quality of mind... That is um, uh, that you experience right before you fall asleep or get sleepy. There will be some really, really um, kind of peaceful, tranquil, open states of consciousness, which will which will be available for you. So, something to look forward to, even if you're experiencing the, the discomfort of that uncomfortable situation. So, give it a try. Cool. So, Maya is asking. Um, hi, Maya. Maya is asking, I cannot control my breath during meditation. Why? Well, Maya, I'm glad you asked that question. You shall not control your breath during meditation. Nobody is controlling the breath during meditation. Pranayama is controlling the breath. Meditation is observing the breath. So when we control the breath, we're engaging in what's called bottom-up regulation of the nervous system, where we're consciously controlling the breath in an effort to regulate the emotional system and nervous system. And also, invoke various mystical and spiritual states. In meditation, you're cultivating a state of equanimity so that the, the attachments of the mind can slowly start to lessen and we can experience the true nature of mind and ultimately the true nature of all being. As long as you're trying to control or manipulate the breath, the true nature of being cannot be revealed to you. Think about it like this. I want to hang out. I want to meet this person and know their true nature. But when you interact with them, you don't take a moment to connect and feel what their true nature is and let them express it to you. Immediately you come in and say, Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? And you're imposing your control on that other being. So you don't know their true nature. And in this way, we're training to remain equanimous so that we remove our ego, we remove our past patterning, we remove our judgments and the weight and burden of all those judgments. We try to stop ruminating on the past and projecting into the future long enough to arrive into the simple awareness of, as the Buddha said, the what is simply is. And then you try to experience that, what is simply is, rather than what is my projection? What is my thoughts? What is my emotion? What are the glasses that I'm viewing the world with? To so step out of that and step into the pure reality, this moment as this moment, not this moment as I would like it, not this moment as I prefer it, not this moment as the story I tell about this moment, but simply this moment as this moment. If we cannot experience breath as breath, how can we experience the world as the world? So you have to practice Pure equanimity, so that you cannot—at uh, least for these few moments—you can practice not controlling, manipulating, or in any other way trying to influence the outcome of the breath. And it's a—it's a hard task because you know we suddenly realize, oh, immediately. And this happens for a lot of yoga practitioners. A lot of yoga practitioners think, "I just I cannot just let the breath be." As soon as you feel a slightly like light, shallow breath. Yoga practitioners, oh, something is wrong with my breath. I should squeeze my anus and take a really deep breath. Then we start doing pranayama. When we hear that deep sound, we think, oh, this is wonderful. This is how I should be breathing at all times. Well, this is wonderful for your yoga practice, wonderful for pranayama practice. However, in the difference between meditation is very important to understand. The difference between meditation, we're not trying to make any changes. You're trying to make peace. And practice making peace a transcendent type of peace that is able to be at peace with whatever arises. So, if anger is present, we make peace with anger. If happiness is present, we make peace with happiness and we don't hold on to happiness and we don't push anger away. If breath is deep, you practice. Breath is deep, don't hold on to it. If breath is shallow, you practice. Breath is shallow, you don't hold on to it. Sometimes breath will be shallow, sometimes breath will be deep. And if you notice yourself controlling the breath, this is all you do. I observe that now I'm controlling and manipulating the breath. I'm gonna see if I can just let that go and let the breath be natural. And then you try it. And then suddenly you'll notice, here I am controlling the breath again. You just observe, here I am again, controlling and manipulating the breath. Wow, this is a pretty deep pattern for me. Back to the breath. And you just do it over and over again. And I promise you, the mind can be trained, but it requires diligence and patience. You have to be, this is why those moments of silence are so important because that's unique to you. And you need to practice saying that to yourself. And you can only do that in those moments of silence. Somebody else is going to be saying, like Jen is going to be saying, I need to wake up. Let me stand up. Okay. Stand up. I look around. I sit down. Now, Maya, that's not for you. You're not sleeping. You're just there doing ujjayi breathing. So then we have different, you know, different, uh, situations that we face other, somebody else is flooded with anger, and they just sit there, oh, anger, 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 back to the breath. Somebody else is flooded with bliss. Somebody's there and blissing out, like they just took an ecstasy pill. Oh, wonderful, joy, I reached this amazing joy. They have to practice not being attached to that because so many people think that one meditation that you get the first meditation, a wave of bliss crawls over you, and then you think, ah, now I'm enlightened. Every meditation from now on will be filled with bliss. And then 100% what happens to you is if you think that thought, your very next meditation, you will arrive into your own personal hell. You will sit there because not only will it be uncomfortable, but you will be craving for heaven. Oh, please give me bliss. Oh, please. Where's my bliss, my ecstasy, my joy, the waves of a wonderful flow of positive vibrations. Now I just sit here and even you're neutral. But you, it's miserable for you because, oh, where was the bliss? Even worse, if it was slightly painful. Oh, what have I done? Why did you take my enlightenment away from me, cruel universe? And then so we, we'll work with our So that person, you're experiencing bliss. You have to say to yourself, bliss is present. Joy is pleasant with the recognition. This is not permanent. Let me experience it while it's here. I'm not pushing it away. And I'm not holding on to it. Sooner or later, it's going. Let me enjoy it while it's here. Wonderful. Enjoy it. Then let it go. Now maybe there's time for one more question. So maybe one or two, let me look in the chat. So Camila, hi Camila. Camila has asked, why do I often feel like I can't breathe properly even when I sit comfortably? It feels like I cannot catch enough air and my throat is closed. That's a very interesting thing to experience. So when you experience the feeling of not being able to breathe, you uh, so like there, there are a couple of things. First of all, do you have any, if there are any pre-existing physical conditions that might prevent you from breathing normally, like for example, if you have asthma. And if you, if you, if the physical accompaniments of a medical condition are arising, then you need to take action. So if you need to, if you have asthma and you observe that your throat is closing and you can't breathe and you need your inhaler, you could stop your meditation and use your inhaler. So this is important. You don't want to equanimously observe that I'm now dying and then let yourself die. This is not what we're training in. They say that there should be equal parts wisdom, um, wisdom uh, and awareness, or sometimes it's wisdom and compassion, but wisdom and awareness. So, so awareness is not awareness without wisdom. You're not just aware. It's supposed to generate wisdom. So you always ask yourself this question. Same thing you can do if there's any discomfort that arises in the body. You have to ask yourself this question with enough equanimity to see clearly, am I at risk of permanent damage? Am I at risk of permanent damage, you need to make an assessment. If you have asthma, if you recognize, oh, I have a pre-existing condition where sometimes I feel I'm suffocating and I cannot breathe, and this is diagnosed, and my inhaler's there. Please grab your inhaler. If you're totally normal, do not have asthma or any other condition that I don't know about that would prevent you from being able to breathe, and there's nothing that exists like that. It's not. Uh, it's not. You know. It's just just this feeling of. I'm not able to take as deep a breath as possible. See if you can observe that and get to the root of it. So here I am and I feel I cannot breathe. I feel the throat is constricting and get very granular in what is going on because there may be a feeling of suffocation. And sometimes that feeling of not being able to breathe, not being able to suffocate is associated with an emotional state. So think about that. Have you ever been in, I'm sure many of us have been in a situation where suddenly you feel, I can't breathe. I can't breathe, you know? And what's that about? Like this claustrophobia, anxiety, fear. I can't breathe. I got to get out of here. I can't breathe anymore. I can't uh, can't breathe. I got to run. We've all had that moment. And so if you can, during your meditation, touch that emotional reaction state and then not react, the next time you experience that in your life, you will recognize, oh, anxiety is present. I'm very, very anxious right now. A lot of anxiety is present. Hmm, let me see what is the appropriate course of action to take. And this is this is the work that we do on the spiritual path. This is kind of literally the work that we do on the spiritual path. So, we always are very clear, is there any risk of permanent damage? And if there is, you know, you've got to take action. You know, this is like if you're seated in your meditation and suddenly you feel that there's like a huge pain in the center of the heart, you know, ask yourself, is this a physical pain? Like, do I need to call 911 immediately? Or am I just feeling like, a, like an emotional ache in my heart? And so we, we want to be clear about what's going on sort of moment to moment. Okay, I see one more question. And then uh, we'll wrap up the questions for this week. And then, so the last question for today is from Connie. Hi, Connie. And this is a question that I think uh, some people will perhaps experience. Connie says, I sometimes feel a subtle rock forward and back in my upper body is this normal. So I would say that many people feel not only like a subtle rock, but some people feel like they're gyrating. Some people feel like they're going like this. They're going around and around. And then some people, of course, if you feel you're about to fall asleep, you're going to get that kind of feeling. However, the reality is that if somebody were videoing you or filming you, and then you were to watch yourself after, you would see, oh, (laughs) I'm not moving, (laughs) you know, it's so subtle what you're feeling. It's like, it's like on the quantum level almost. So this is very cool. Just observe. Ooh, a little shaking Mm, is there. You don't know if it's good or bad. Immediately the mind, I want to know what this is. Is this a sign that I'm going to blast off to Mars or is it a sign that I'm going to vibrate and enter the realm of enlightenment or is it bad? Am I on, you know, am I going down into the doldrums, you know? Is it a sign that I'm freaking out? Is it a sign that my consciousness, my vibration is raising? You know, we want to look for that it's good. We want to look for the meaning. Just observe. Just observe. Oh, shaking. Oh, I'm gyrating. Oh, rocking. And if you can identify what the root of that is for you? Great, and I mean, I mean the root, not necessarily. You know, it's because of this or that or that. Just just recognize. Sometimes it can be a subtle response to trying to get more comfort. Like if the left sitting bone gives you pain, we can just kind of rock over to the right sitting bone. We can do things like this. If we if we're you know st- starting to fall asleep, we can have this sensation. It's very rare that we're totally still. So sometimes when we feel these subtle vibrations, we're simply feeling the flow of energy that's constant and present within our body. And if we immediately need to assign, is this good? Is this bad? Is it leading me here? Is it leading me there? You'll miss the purity of the awareness. So you just observe. I feel a rocking sensation here or there. I feel a flow. I feel a gyrating, whatever it is. You just feel, let it be there. So the the answer is you always observe, remain equanimous, return to the breath. You know, observe remain equanimous, return to the breath. And I feel like this is some, a tool we can take off of our spiritual practice and immediately apply in our life. Think about the last difficult conversation that you had and imagine if in that moment where you reacted and said something that later you regretted, you were to pause and then pause, observe how you're feeling, return to the breath. And that pause could open up a window for a change. It could open up a window for you to feel compassion for the person you're engaged in difficulty with. And in this way, these small techniques really make a positive difference in our life. Or for example, if we're engaged in repetitive negative self-talk, So for example, those moments when we're just really down on ourselves, we're having a bad day and we're kind of looking back at our life and just thinking like, man, I made this decision and that was wrong. And I took this decision and this was wrong. And you look at your life and you feel like, well, my life is a sum total of mistakes. Great for me. And you're in that doldrum that spin. And I know firsthand where that can lead to, you know, it can lead to really dark spaces. When you find yourself there, then think about this instead of, you know, continuing that downward spiral, then you come back, close your eyes for a moment and say back to the breath. You observe my negative thoughts are present back to the breath. My negative thoughts are present back to the breath. And if you can insert that little bit of pause, there might be a window that opens up for you to forgive yourself. There might be a window for you to open up to a new way of thinking about what your life is and what the learning is. that has been present up until there. And if nothing else, it could break a little bit of the inertia that we so often push towards those very destructive states of mind. So this practice, the meditation practice, the yoga practice, is a real tool of personal liberation. But again, you have to put in the work. It's up to you to get on the mat every day and put in the work. Okay? So I just want to commend you all and thank you all for showing up today and putting in the work. That really means a lot to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will see you early if you're coming to the Yoga Drills class on Wednesday. It's a new moon and Tim and I are driving back on Wednesday. So we wanted to get it done a little early. So for all of us, all the Ashtangis out there, it's a new moon. So you don't have to do your morning practice. You can do the Yoga Drills instead if you want to. Uh, otherwise, 10 a.m. Uh, East Coast US time, it's a little earlier than usual. I hope everybody can make it. And I look forward to seeing you there or next Sunday for the meditation again. And during this time, everybody just keep practicing, keep practicing, keep practicing. I send you a lot of love. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Yoga Inspiration Show. It's always a pleasure to share the inner space of the yoga journey with you. Remember, you can always find me online at omstars.com, www.omstars.com, and on my YouTube channel and all social media at Kino Yoga. I look forward to seeing you on the mat and more than anything, I hope you take the inspiration to practice yoga and make your world a better place. You can redeem a 14-day free trial and get access to our full library of over 3,000 classes and also practice yoga with me online. I'd also love to see you in class sometime, so you can find my full live in-person teaching schedule on my website, which is kinoyoga.com. And if you haven't checked out my books, I'd absolutely be honored if you'd check those out. You can find those available at any online bookseller. The Yoga Inspiration Podcast is designed to keep you inspired to get on the mat. And I hope you're leaving each episode with a little glimmer and spark of the spirit, which is the true heart of the yoga method. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be filled with love. Namaste.